When you walk into a new Seasons, it doesn't feel like a normal grocery store. The lighting is better, the workers are nicer, the food quality seems higher. Portlanders see these stores as a reflection of their neighborhood, their shared values, which is impressive, seeing as there are so many of them and are no longer locally owned. But their workers have been ringing the alarm for a while now that all is not what it seems. More than half the new season stores in the Portland area have already filed paperwork to unionize. And two of these stores have successfully voted to join an independent union. So today on the show, Alex Zielinski, news editor for the Portland Mercury, is bringing us up to speed on what's going on behind the scenes at Portland's favorite neighborhood store. It's Thursday, December 8th, 2022, and this is CityCast Portland. Alex, before we start, I wanted to see if we could get a big picture of why anyone should care about union organizing and what's going on specifically at New Season stores. I think Portlanders should care about New Season's unionizing work because it shows that, you know, this beloved local company isn't really holding up its end of the bargain when it comes to supporting uh, employees, which are also fellow members of our community, along with laying the foundation for workers at other Portland uh, stores and companies to feel supported and inspired to do the same. Uh, What is interesting, and I think relatively new, is that this organizing is coming from independent unions, meaning they're simply just led by workers and they're not part of these larger, already established unions that have staff to help. And so it's like a pretty scrappy production. You know, you've seen this in the Amazon union in Staten Island, in Starbucks unions across the country. I'm going to pause you right there because I just want to highlight that your response was new seasons the same, we're this, we're that. I mean, we see them as this very family-friendly, you know, neighborhood-focused brand. They're a B Corp, Mm -hmm. you know, which if people don't know what a B Corporation, it means a benefits corporation. It means that they're supposed to be very transparent, that they're like giving away their profit, that they're environmental-friendly. And what you're saying is, actually, there are these cracks in that veneer. Right. So I've spoken to, yeah, a number of employees and workers at New Seasons who, who yeah, who joined the company because they thought it was this environmental-friendly, community-focused organization that had the community's best interests in mind, which, you know, that had been kind of the perception up until about 2019, when New Seasons announced its sale to a, a North, or a, <laughs> not North Korean. <laughs> that, that was definitely not be a hell of a Sorry. Uh, to a South Korean company uh, called Good Food Holdings. So essentially, since then, staff had seen a lot of these community-focused decisions that they were seeing before kind of dissolve, uh, that workers and managers had really little say in, you know, regarding paid leave, healthcare benefits, wages. You know, I think this ownership change really sparked the movement to start this unionizing effort in May of this year. And I believe it's Emart who right. bought them and then and then also bought uh, Good Food Holdings, right. which owns like these really fancy stores all across the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting because they are essentially a bargain mark. So how is this like South Korean? Let's just be honest. It's South Korean. Yeah. <laughs> Get that straight. But who, who owns all the Walmarts in, in Korea? How are they running our Portland, you know, B Corp store? 
which is selling, you know, olive oil for like $30. Yeah. E-Mart is the Walmart of Korea. They're, they're selling pretty cheap stuff at high rates all across the country. And that's not necessarily what we're seeing at New Seasons. I think we're seeing this kind of corporate effect on the way that the company is being managed. There's cost cutting taking place and that's leaving people with uncertain benefits. It sounds like healthcare costs are really kind of all over the place. Uh, There isn't a bunch of expected pay raise structures that people can kind of rely on. A lot of bundling of time off. So if you happen to be sick for a long time, you might not get any vacation for a whole year. And so I think what we're seeing now in new season staff are, are people kind of sensing the change in the way that this company is being run and trying to have some kind of oversight that comes from employees rather than just this distant large company. Gotcha. Do you have any information on their banana cake? Because I tasted a difference. Like there was a <laughs> there was a very distinct before and after for me. Do you? I mean, in all of your reporting, has anyone? giving you the hot tip of what's going on with that banana cake? No one has explicitly mentioned the banana cake. I have spoken to bakers who worked within the store who said that uh, their work has changed a lot, not necessarily in like the recipe changes, but just when it comes to staff cuts and, you know, corner cutting that probably makes their workloads harder and maybe impacts the, the moisture and density of a good banana cake. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Al. This is what I wanted. It was just just down to the minute detail of the moisture and density. I mean, this is what people were really asking about. Right. Okay, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, uh, let's talk about what's been happening at the Slaptown New Seasons. Yeah. We just got, uh, I, th- I believe it was a slap town, just unionized. Yeah, yeah, that was in October. Yeah, all of this kind of began in May of this year, 2022, um, when workers at the um, Southeast Division and Southeast 20th New Season store, which is dubbed Seven Corners. So it began with the Southeast Division store um, announcing their intent to unionize. But their announcement kind of started getting other stores uh, on board behind them saying, okay, we're going to do this too. If they created this independent union for us to be a part of and to have such confidence in the fact that they will succeed and win, we should support them. So everyone's kind of at different stages. The new season's like response has been hiring big name lawyers, union busting lawyers that have you know, famously worked to bust a union at a Trump hotel. Wow. I heard about one of your own articles being fact-checked in the break room as a flyer. Can you tell us about that? Can you say which store it was? It was all of the stores. Like, they printed out, yeah, this, like, line item. Like, the Mercury has misinformation. Let's break it down. It was specifically a story I did about the Selwood New Seasons organizing. And I'd spoken to a number of folks there who were just expressing to me why they wanted to unionize, what they felt unhappy about at work. Um... You know, I think there was one person who had claimed that they had come forward um, to management with concerns about kind of microaggressions uh, and another one about kind of paid time off um, issues and felt like they had been ignored and kind of cast aside. 
um, in my reporting, I was kind of retelling, here are these anecdotal examples as to why people feel unsupported by management. And one of the workers took a, a picture of a uh, flyer that had been posted in their break room that had um, quotes from my article and then explanations from new season responses saying, this is why this is incorrect. It was specifically responses to quotes that I had included from people that are their employees. And their responses were saying, this can't be correct. This person said this, but they can't feel this way because we have like a speak up culture. So what's going on at the stores that have already voted to join? So those two stores we're talking about, um, the one in Richmond mm -hmm. and then uh, Slabtown. Yeah. I mean, like you said, these are really long processes. Once a store votes to unionize, then that means, okay, basically forces management to come to the table and meet with um, workers who are, you know, part of the union to start discussing what they'd like to see in their initial contract. Um, and that process can take years. I believe Burgerville's union just ratified their first contract in December and they had started organizing in 2018, I think. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So it's definitely a process. Gotcha. You know, the push for unionization has been happening all over Portland. So we had, I think, Powell's Books as well. And then Voodoo Donuts during that heat wave, mm -hmm. they've all successfully unionized, right? Burgerville, Powell's Books, and Voodoo Donuts? Yeah, yeah, that's my understanding. What have you heard from the workers, you know, any positive changes coming from the unionized shops of any of these stores I mentioned? I know that for, for Voodoo Donuts, they just voted to, to unionize. And so they're just in their early talks. For Burgerville, like I mentioned, um, their contract was ratified in December, and that contract included a lot of kind of the benefits that workers had been asking for, you know, for the past four years, including um, kind of a formal tipping system. There was also uh, more reliable schedules kind of baked in. And so it seems like there's tentative, you know, success that, hey, if you <laughs> invest this much time to unionize, you know, your store and organizing and, and um, settling on a contract, there is going to be positive outcomes. What's on the table for new seasons workers? I mean, is it going to be individual store to store? Like, No, it's going to be one, one contract. So essentially, as these stores continue to vote to join the union, representatives from those stores will join kind of the bargaining table to help settle and, and hash out this initial contract. There's a lot of interest in hammering out details when it comes to paid time off, when it comes to living wages. They also want uh, better healthcare benefits. They want a more reliable healthcare plan. And I think there is a, just an interesting, like an, an ask to just to be more involved in like bigger decisions or about the company. Yeah. And founded in the values that they're espousing. Yeah. So I'm going to ask this question again, because I asked in the beginning, Alex, of why anyone should care. And you said, because they're lying to you. <laughs> I'm putting words in your mouth. <laughs> well, they're misrepresenting their values. But now, what is the average Portlander going to gain from New Seasons unionizing, would you say? Yeah. I mean, I think the idea is that Portlanders would have the store that they believe that they're supporting have those values of that store really upheld in the way that it treats its employees and its workers. It would be putting their money, you know, right back into the pockets of those of those workers more than they are now. 
So for those of us that are so inclined, what what can we do to support the workers, you know, uh, people like me that are complaining about the banana cake and just going to, I literally buy cornuts to send to my family because those are the best cornuts. I'm derailing the entire interview now, Alex, but I want to know like what I can do as a person who's just like concerned about these small things. Right. At the end of the day, I think to help workers is to listen to what their needs are. One thing we associate with unionizing a lot of times and supporting unions is to boycott and not shop at a grocery store or go to a restaurant. Um, In this case, that is not a request at all. You know, these folks who are unionizing are still relying on paychecks from new seasons. They aren't asking the public to stop shopping there. More than anything, they're asking the public to let their, their feelings known about how this company is being run and how it doesn't feel like it is really reflecting Portland values in a lot of ways. But that doesn't mean you need to stop buying corn nuts and sending them to your family. Um, and, you know, I think from what I've heard from workers, honestly, what goes the longest way is just customers occasionally, you know, reminding them that they really appreciate their work and supporting and saying, good luck on the union thing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We support what you're doing, if that's, you know, how you feel. Uh, I think a little of that goes a long way. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for breaking this all down for us. Thanks for uh, creating this dialogue to the point where uh, it's being negated in break rooms all across the Portland area. Yeah, that's how I know it's a success. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a great barometer. And now for your microdose of news. Measure 114, the newly voter-approved gun control law, has been put on hold. Federal and state judges are weighing in on when the law is actually going into effect or if at all. As a reminder, the measure bans high-capacity magazines and requires a permit to purchase any firearm. So far, a federal judge postponed when the permitting would begin, allowing for the rest of the law to go into effect today. But then just hours after that ruling, a state judge in Harney County, yeah, that's in eastern Oregon, blocked the whole thing. That made our state attorney general run to the Oregon Supreme Court and petition them to immediately review the state court's decision. So who knows? I mean, we only voted for it. We'll keep you posted. And in our win section for the day, Western monarch butterflies, whose numbers have declined by 80% in the last two years, might get a fighting chance for survival. The federal government is allocating more than half a million in grants to local Oregon groups to preserve their habitat. And if you want to help out, plant some milkweed. And when the spring comes, plant some native wildflowers. If you want to catch up with more of what's happening in our city, check out our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. I'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, leave a review, tell a friend. Do you also think the new season's banana cake recipe has changed? I can't be alone in this. (laughs) Any thoughts on what else we should be looking into? Reach out and drop us a line at 503-208-5448 or email us at portland at citycast.fm. Our lead producer is John Notariani and our audio producer is Julia Fioni. Our newsletter writer is Rachel Monahan, and our host is me, Claudia Meza. Original music by Jen Lee Conley and Stephen Drizos. 
We'll be back in a few days with more conversations from around the city. See you at Slim's.